welcome to the Career Glow Podcast, where we empower and inspire every girl to radiate with confidence in their professional lives while keeping God at the center. Let's get ready to glow. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining. Today, we're going to explore the why behind why we work. And I'm sure you're excited to figure out the steps to finding a job you love and one that you can thrive in. But I first want us to really understand why our work is even important in the first place. So grab your Bible if you're able, if you're not in the car or washing dishes, and let's get started. Think about this. If you won the lottery, what would you do? Most people would say, quit my job, right? Because, well, no one wants to work. Am I right? Okay. But what if God made us to work? I really want you to think about this. What if work was actually good and God honoring? So I want us to start at the very beginning, literally in Genesis. If you have your Bible, let's open to Genesis 2, 3. It says, so God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work he had done in creation. We see that God actually worked. And this word is used to describe God in creation. He is cultivating, he's crafting, he's working. Then if we go down a little bit, we see in Genesis 2.15 that he actually places Adam in the garden and 215 says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till and keep it. We have this command to till and keep it. So we see God is working, right? He created the world. Then he creates Adam and tells Adam to work here. I'm putting you in the garden. These are your instructions. I want you to work and take care of it. And I want you to note that this is actually before the fall. This is before sin. So let's pause. This is significant to understand that before the fall of man, we see God is described as working. He commands man to work. And I think this is really significant. God could have easily rained down manna, which is bread. He has this in Exodus. He could have easily hey, you know what, Adam, I'm putting you in the garden and I'm going to rain down manna. I'm going to have water coming from a rock, which Moses did later. So we know that God is capable of doing this. So I really want us to understand that, you know, let's listen in. Let's really understand why we're seeing God is working. He commands Adam to work and really dive into this fact before just saying, you know, work is not fun. It's bad and and I don't want to do it because we see that God looks at his work and he calls it good in Genesis. And later on in verse 28, we also see God commanded us to fill the earth and subdue it. And again, God could have easily just said, oh, here's millions of people and they're all on the earth. But he allows us to take part in this work of creation, taking care of the land, naming the animals, multiplying, sharing the gospel with all the nations. We get to do these things. We get to be creative and take part in God's work. I think we don't really think about this a lot. We're just like, oh yeah, I have to go to work again. Oh, I'm going to snooze my alarm clock. Why do I have to go in? I hate this. And we don't really look at 
why our work is good and that God worked. God commands us to even work. Okay, so then things get a little interesting in Genesis. I think it's 317. Yeah, so here we see that the land is cursed. So we already saw that work was good before the fall, before sin. But then in 317, all of a sudden work is cursed. And here we see that Adam is told that, you know what, you're going to sweat and toil. It says, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it, you were taken. You are dust and to dust you shall return. So now we see, okay, work is good. But with sin, now our work is going to be hard. We're not all of a sudden, you know, now you don't need to work because of the curse. We still need to work. But now our work is going to be hard. We're going to sweat. We're going to toil. So to recap, God worked. God calls us who are made in his image to work. Sin caused our work to not be so easy. Why is this important for you? Because I don't want you to think that work is the worst thing in the world and that it's something that should be avoided at all costs. I'm with you. Work is hard. But I really want you to lean in and to listen to what scripture has to say about work. So Proverbs 31, we see this description of a godly woman. And what is she doing? She's working. She's providing for her household. So let's read read a little bit of it. A capable wife who can find, and this is 3110. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Notice this right here. Works with willing hands, that attitude about work. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. So it just goes on and on about how she is working. She opens her hand to the poor, reaches her hand out to the needy, talks about how she's not afraid when it's cold outside because she knows she's taken care of. And she's bringing honor and glory to her family and to her husband and to God because she is working. And I love that God puts this in there because we might look at Genesis and say, you know what? Well, only the man was given that command to work or only the man was given the curse of, you know, your work is going to be toil. But here we see that it's so good for the women too, that we're called to work. And in order to be a God-fearing woman, we need to do these things. This is something that is is so important. This woman is described as God-fearing, capable, trustworthy, She's clothed in strength and dignity, and she's working. These descriptions of her, you see that it's not about what she looks like. It's not about her beauty. In fact, even in the very end, it says in 3130, charm is deceitful and beauty is in vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the city gates. This is the outline of a woman that we should try and imitate. This woman who is 
far more precious than jewels. But notice that how she's described, it's all about her attitude towards work, the way that she cares for others and loves them and provides. I want to take a look at another passage from the New Testament. And this one I think is really significant because we see that Jesus worked. You can see this in Mark 6. He was a carpenter. So let's think about this. God sent his son. He could have sent his son as a king, someone who is like a celebrity, someone who maybe doesn't even need to work because, you know, he's coming to die for our sins and resurrect. But he was a carpenter and he worked and worked with his hands. I think it's so significant here that God chose to still have Jesus work. So we see God works, Jesus works, and I am called to work. If you also look at Thessalonians 3, 6, let me just open up to it real fast. We see the danger of idleness. It says, now we command you, beloved, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from believers who are living in idleness and not according to the tradition they know. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you, and we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you. This was not because we do not have the right, but in order to give you an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this command. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. So you see that a lot of times the apostles would be traveling, right? And they could just go someplace and... They had kind of an excuse not to work, but it's saying that they're deciding to work. With toil and labor, we work night and day so that we might not burden you. And it says here is the reason why they're doing this, because it's giving you an example to imitate. So here we see again the importance of our work, the importance of not being idle but actually putting in, getting up in the morning, going to work, doing your best. These things are so, so important. I want you to know that your work matters to God. It doesn't matter if you're working at McDonald's. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom. It doesn't matter if you feel like your job is insignificant. Your work matters to God. And our work is also a place where we're able to fulfill our God-given purpose. I really, really, truly believe that God made each and every one of you for a reason. There is no one else like you. There are certain gifts and talents that you have that our world desperately needs. And so my hope and my prayer is that you would understand your uniqueness and that we would help you through the next couple podcasts, really identify your gifts and your strengths and then help you find a job where you feel like you're giving back. But I have to just start with really making sure you understand the importance of our work. I don't want you to just waste your whole life saying, you know, I'm going to enjoy my life when I retire because your life, it has already started. 
Okay. You have to live your life while you're working. And we are called to honor God, not just after our work is over, but during. So as we kind of wrap up, I hope you take some time this week to maybe dive into some of these passages. We looked at Genesis. We looked at Proverbs. I think the other one, we saw Mark, where Jesus was working as a carpenter, and Second Thessalonians, where we see this idleness. So I hope you really take the time. And there are so many other verses, if you just do a Google search for why it's important for Christians to work, that you're going to find a, a ton. But I really pray that you can you can sit and understand that. And I want to help you find a job that you love and you thrive in. But I just want to remind you that it's so important to be diligent in the little things so that your heavenly father can reward you in the big things. I was in a job for two years that I really hated. I hated it. But I knew that God was preparing me. That that was just a temporary season where he was preparing me and getting me ready to step in to my dream career. But I want you to recognize the importance of this waiting zone that you might be in as you're trying to figure out what you want to do or where you want to go or who you want to be. That in this waiting zone, it is still so critical to do everything you do for the glory of God. That means when your boss isn't there. That you're still working, you're still putting in the effort. That means you show up with a good attitude, even though you don't maybe want to be there at all. It means you invest in your coworkers and you seek to bring out the good in others because you know who you are working for. Ultimately, it's God. So thank you so much for joining. We hope you join us next week. We're going to look at how to identify your gifts, talents, and passions and really, really understand kind of your uniqueness. See you next time. Glow on, girlfriend.